Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, a tennis ball story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. It is Friday, March 24th, 2023. It's the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk radio podcast. And, of course, our show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. And, Alan, it's good to be back on uh, on the air. Our smiling faces were seen by many last week up in Gainesville. Uh, i tell you what, how about that show last week, Alan? Man, that was totally incredible. I am just still in shock and in awe of us doing such a getting such a blessing and this show getting such a blessing. That was truly a remarkable experience. I'm still on cloud nine. No, I, I'm 100% right there with you. In fact, I, I I I'm waiting to wake up from that dream. It just seemed like it was. Uh, it happened so quickly, of course. Uh, um, and then, of course, uh, just a surreal feeling, and I still feel that way uh, a week later. And I want to take a, a special moment, of course, to, to thank uh, Coach Steve Spurrier. Uh, I've admired him for a long, long time since I was a, a young kid, really, um, 30-some years ago. I want to thank him for taking time out of his schedule last Friday evening. It was St. Patrick's Day. I know there was a special event going on with the uh, 1969 Florida Gator football team that evening up on the, uh, the top deck of the restaurant. That's Visors, for those who are not aware of, uh, of Spurrier's. That was our first time being there. Um, I mean, just a great environment, um, the best service I've ever had in a restaurant, hands down, no, no question about it. Uh, the atmosphere was electric. Um, the stuff you got to see while you were there was, you know, it's like a, a mini museum. Um, and then, of course, uh, Coach Spurrier. And I want to take a, an extra moment here, too, to also thank um, uh, the gentleman who runs uh, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. He's, he's a big, big part of what allowed us to be there last week, and that is Freddie Weeby. Uh, we've become friends here over the last several weeks and last week, especially, of course, being able to meet him uh, as well. He did a fantastic job. Uh, hospitality is off the charts. If you're going through Gainesville, if you're 
even remotely a college football fan, you've got to stop by Sprayer's Gridiron Grill in Gainesville. It's at Celebration Point. That's the west side of, of uh, Gainesville, west side of I-75. It goes right through town there. Um, it is just a great environment. Um, disappointed, I can guarantee you that right now. Um, and then also, uh, we had a, 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 a young man who helped us out last week, of course. Uh, it would be Jared Barron. He was our our um, uh, person helping us out with the um, with the audio and everything. It made us look so good, you know, on the on the air last week. We couldn't have done it without him. So Jared, thank you as well for uh, for putting in um, you know the time there and, and talking with us before and after and you know having some laughs. That was a great uh, great situation. And then we had great food afterwards too. So. Um, I, I want to go back. I, I don't know about you, Alan, but I, I'd love to go back there again, and I definitely will at some point. Uh, I'm not sure when I'm going to Gainesville again, but I definitely will be stopping there uh, in the uh, not-so-distant future, hopefully. So um, what a great show. What a, what a just unbelievable, um, you know, uh, again, the word surreal comes up every time. And um, can't thank Coach Spurrier enough. Uh, he definitely hit it out of the park there. I know it's the wrong sport, obviously, but – um, you know, he, he was electric for us and that was, that was a guest for the ages right there. That was, that was a legend. Um, that we were able to, to, to nab here and, and have come on our show. It was just such a, a fun time. And we got to ask him some questions and, and I know you're going to probably say this, but Alan, I was a little bit starstruck last week. I don't know about you. <laughs> I could tell you were starstruck. Yes. I mean, you, you were in awe, man. You were in awe of Steve, coach Steve Spurrier. You know, as you mentioned earlier, that he was a legend and somebody you you aspired to meet, and you you did. I noticed it. I mean, I don't know if he did, but but you know what? You know, I, I that's why I try to just when I meet celebrities, I just try to just think in the moment, like, okay, they're just like me and you. You know, I just kind of remind myself that. So that that's helpful helpful for me. You know, even though you know you're in front of a legend. But on top of that, man, it was just an amazing experience. I'm so glad you thanked Freddie and Jared. Those two guys are simply phenomenal. You know, they were just a just a real pleasure to be around. Service was amazing. Steve Spurrier was was definitely extremely cool. And you actually, believe it or not, you're not so far out of the ballpark of your reference because for those who don't know, which I didn't know until I got there, Steve Spurrier. Is a big time golfer, and he's also thrown six no hitters. So I could be mistaken on the six no hitters. He did say he hit six holes in ones. I may have gotten the numbers wrong, but he has thrown a bunch of no hitters. The picture is on our website, on the Facebook page. But man, what an extreme legend! And the thing that made that experience so remarkable that we was actually there on St. Patrick's Day. It was crowded in the area. He had a lot of stuff going on. He had his his former coach that first hired him there. He had the 69 team, as you mentioned. So it was so many people that came there to visit him. It would have been kind of easy for him to kind of like like give us five minutes and that's it. No, he gave us, you know, 26-plus minutes of his time. And I'm, I'm definitely really, really appreciative of the entire experience. It, it's just something that – I'm still on cloud nine, as I mentioned, and yes, I do plan on going back there again here at the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show in the future. 
we would probably would be very interested in coming back and doing another live stream. I don't know about you, Aaron, but that's what my thoughts are. Absolutely. I, I would definitely do that again. It wouldn't be um, no question asked, uh, asked about it. Honestly, I would definitely do that again. And I just want to say this too. If you're listening to our show, uh, whether you're listening live right now or you're listening to this sometime in the future, if you're going through Gainesville, Florida, and you have a, a, some time, you want a great meal and a great experience, stop by Steve Spreer's restaurant, Spreer's Gridiron Grill. Again, that's in Celebration Point. While you're there, say hello to Freddie Weeby. Again, he's a great guy, does a great job, um, gave us the, the, the tour um, of, of the restaurant, of course, all the way up to uh, the visors upstairs. Um, it, it was something to marvel at. And, of course, uh, some of the areas we got to take some pictures, um, including the men's bathroom where all the, um, the plays that Coach had drawn up on uh, you know, napkins over the years were replicated onto the walls. Um, we weren't just taking pictures in the bathroom for, you know, for the heck of it. We were actually in there to um, – you know, get those pictures because everybody likes to see that. So um, it was definitely a very fun experience. Uh, again, Cloud Nine isn't even even half of it there, Alan. I, I definitely, um, you know, wow. Uh, that's that's the only word I can think of. To, to, I'm dumbfounded almost. It was so, such a cool experience. So um, yeah. it was nice. Too, it was. I, um, for, for for me, I know especially for me, my son actually was there with us. He was he was actually behind uh, taking some of the pictures that we have uh, up on. Facebook. So he got an opportunity to, to meet uh, Coach Spreer as well. That was, you know, kind of a thrill moment for him. And, and um, you know, he really, he was excited as well. So it wasn't just you and I, it was him. And I think that, um, I've, and I've talked uh, uh, through text messages with Freddie and with um, Jared over this last several days, and they were both really, really, uh, you know, happy to see how well we did. And, and of course, um, you know, it, it's, been a good way to promote not only our show but of course the restaurant uh as well and then of course the uh, coach Sprayer uh reposted on his facebook uh the fact that we had our show he actually posted uh the uh the, the not the feed but the the link that showed that we had been there and, and had done the show and thank us for being there so thank you coach Sprayer. thank you to your restaurant thank you to um, mr freddie weeby once again and to of course uh, jared Barron for the great job he did making us look pretty up there because it's hard to do sometimes uh, for you and i so um, that's why we're on the radio and not on not on TV typically. So, um, but uh, we're gonna bring on here tonight. Uh, looks like we got uh, our good buddy Lou, who is uh, joining us up there in New Jersey, New York, uh, wherever it is that you are at. Lou, good evening. How are you tonight? Good evening. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, I tried last week, but uh, I didn't know what happened. I'll let Aaron answer that one. I didn't quite catch what he said there. Is he asking oh. where we were last week? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I, but now I heard. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. So our live feed last week uh, was not uh, – we weren't able to do uh, through Blog Talk Radio. Um, oh. We felt that it was probably better to do it where it was just just on, uh, on YouTube Live and the Facebook Live feeds, um, which are still there for everyone to see. The show actually started uh, a little earlier than we had initially thought. Well, I think we were thinking around 7 or so, and I want to say it was about 6.35 when we actually went live. Um, right. I'll, I'll say this, too, uh, Lou, and then we'll get into to some additional discussion here. The way it all went down, they kept on telling us, oh, he's 30 minutes away, he's 20 minutes away, he should be here any minute. And 
it was a very natural interview in that suddenly you kind of heard this uh, commotion out in the out in the um, the dinner hall, if you will. And yeah. the, the room we were in, I'd say it's probably, I don't know, 20 by 20, but it has windows on all the sides. And so everyone was looking at us. So, you know, not only are you interviewing a legend, but then you have all these people who are looking in there wondering who you are. And we like that because that gives us the, the ability to say, hey, we had our, we had our, um, our show uh, background there. Hey, who's Alan and Aaron? Now people are li- liking our, our Facebook page. So it was a really good experience there. But he walked in the room. He shook our hands. Uh, we were ready to go within about a minute and a half. And um, can't say anything more than that just because it's, I, I don't have words for it. So, uh, But, Lou, how's, how's uh, things going up there uh, where you're at? Uh, how's the weather? How How's the sports world? What, what are your thoughts to, on <laughs> It's about to turn very nasty here by tomorrow, yeah. so that's not good. Uh-oh. Yeah. Very nasty tomorrow. Um, Billy Dickinson is out. Princeton looks like they might be on the way out tonight, so this could be the last step for Jersey in the tournament. Yeah, it's been a great tournament so far. What are your thoughts on it? It has been a great tournament, especially even last night's game. As expected. Yeah, I mean, uh, some some – some shockers, uh, a great overtime win last night, um, and yeah. I didn't catch a whole lot of the actual action, but I, I turned on and watched some of the highlights last evening, and um, the uh, the no-look alley-oop shot there towards the end of the game, that is, wow, that's something we're going to be watching for the next 15, 20 years probably. It turned out to be like, you know, the last time they played each other. Oh, boy. Yeah, and they yeah. And <laughs> oh, I have the answer to the question you answered a few weeks ago. Okay, remind us, remind us. Yeah, remind us of the question and then give the answer. <laughs> well, you were mentioning about what was the who, um, when the NBA shut down and everybody else shut down. Who was who? Uh, who caught it first? Simple, Rudy Gobert. <laughs> wow, you 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 definitely did your research. And, and, Lou, I did, yes, I did want to apologize about us not being at the regular schedule time last week. It was, as Aaron mentioned, definitely something we didn't expect, and it was all the way in Gainesville. So we was in a, we was in a away game, so we didn't really know <laughs> how things were going to play. And we knew that it was going to be a 9.30 show just because, you know, most restaurants pretty much wrap it up around 10, 10.30, so it was a different show, but thank you for calling in this week. We missed you. Yeah, yeah. And get this, uh, I'm, a, I'm a YouTuber now. All right. It's moving up on the world. So let us know your YouTube channel. I'm on YouTube now. Well, I don't have a YouTube channel. You go to Google.com and just type in the name of my show, and then voila, it's there. There we go. Enhanced okay. Enhanced sports shows, just in case you guys don't know. Yes, that's, that's right. good. So what made you decide to uh, get a visual presence with YouTube? Well, it was through the request of our, of our producer. Um, that's, you know, that's part of the reason why we, um, you know, have this new format. So now for the past uh, six weeks, I've been uh, doing my shows on YouTube. Don't worry, the show is still live, so everyone can still call in. But after the show's over, it's all posted up there. I've gotten some views. Uh, I've gotten 13 subscribers already. 
Uh, if you want to do that, just, uh, you know, uh, $4.95 a month for, to be a subscriber. And that's it. So he's already moving up in the world. He's getting these charted for subscribers. You can't just subscribe for free then. I wish we could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. Yeah. But now let's say somebody is, is, you know, tight with the pocket. You have the YouTube channel. Do you still have, of course, the call-in number like you normally do? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you got to go to uh, Try 99 TV in the source television. Uh, download any smart or dumb device, the case may be, for just four ninety five a month. That's all you got to do. Four ninety five a month. There you go. Right. Remember, try T. It's got to be Try TV though. That's T R Y ninety nine, not T R Y. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. What do you got cooking uh, on your show here tomorrow? Well, we're down to the Elite Eight. Uh, we'll maybe talk some NIT. Uh, we'll get some um, comments on the women's game, which nobody seems to be paying attention to this year. Uh, we'll also discuss, of course, the uh, that other football league people are mentioning. Uh, we'll wrap up the world the World Baseball Classic. As we get ready for the uh, regular season to start, which is only uh, less than a week away now, so get ready. I'll be anxious. I'll be anxious to see how it really works now with these new rules that are put in place. You know, uh, with the pitch clock, um, some like it, some don't. What's your problem? Uh, bigger bases, and you know they're keeping, of course, the um, ghost runner rule. So at least we got that. You know, and not for nothing, but I happen to like these rules. Okay, and you know what? Later in our segment, we will talk about those rules. I'm glad you brought that up, Lou, because last night I was at an event. For those who don't know, the event last night included Donnie Damon and Louis Alasea, and, yes, the, both of them talked about those rules. So later in this show, I will go over that and give you guys their thoughts on all of the new rules. They, def they definitely talked about that for a good period of time, too. Good. And speaking of that, the other league, for those who don't know, is XFL. <laughs> Steve Murray said the XFL is great. Yeah. I got to throw some sarcasm somewhere. <laughs> and don't forget, in another few weeks, we got the other league as well that's starting. Yeah, we got a ton of stuff going on in the sports world over the two next uh, month. I don't know if that's a great deal to run two leagues at the same time. Yeah, no, it'll be kind of interesting to see how that uh, splits with the the ratings and things like that. Obviously, they're on two different networks, but you know, uh, if you're a, a sports fan and you know whether you're a casual I, I fan, I, got, I think I got more response from my podcast last week than anybody watched the XFL game. That is not true. Because look, this the St. Louis BattleHawks. For those who don't know had over 38,000 people show up to that game. It really depends on where your team is located and how good the fans are. It's just like anything. Some states and well, areas, fans are good. good. Say again? Television ratings are minuscule at best. Now, 
me, you know, myself and Danny Garcia talked about the network changing. You know, th there is chaining of the times that the games are scheduled, and sometimes it's not a lot of notice prior to. But they're navigating through those things. Hey, the XFL is going to make it. I, I understand what you're saying, but the XFL is going to make it. I am very confident in saying that. And what makes you think that the third time is a charm? The, the, that's a great question. The reason why I think the third time is a charm is because of ownership. It's not just one person doing the whole kit and caboodle. You have Danny Garcia, who is a, definitely a go-getter, very bright woman. You also have, you know, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, who is his husband, you know, used to be 13 a long time ago, but they have a very good friendship. And then you have Jerry Cardinal. Jerry Cardinal, for those who don't know, has ownership in other leagues. He also owns part of the Yes Network. They do some research on him. The guy's a big shot. All three of them are working together as ownership in the XFL. Those three people are winners. They are not going to fail. I don't see it happening. They're putting in the work. I love what I'm seeing on the field. Is it is it going to be perfection in year one? No. But the NFL wasn't perfection in year one. No, neither was the neither was the AFL. Yeah, so I mean, you know, they're learning just just like anything. You learn as you grow, and they're gonna make it. Like, and, and as I mentioned, St. Louis had over thirty eight thousand people showed up, which is props to the, to the Battlehawks. Other markets have done really good as far as people showing up, like San Antonio. You know what, Lou? It, it just you know this. It depends on what type of team you have, and what type of fans you have. In, in Here in Florida, you know as well as I know, and so does Aaron, that pro football isn't the number one sport here in Florida. It's usually collegiate sports. That's just the way it is, no matter how good your product is. So in some areas, say again? I know it's surfing, but okay. <laughs> so they're going to they're gonna make it. And I am looking forward to seeing how this all plays itself out. In fact, I am going to be at tomorrow's game. For those fans who follow the show, I am going to be at tomorrow's game in Orlando. Thank you to the XFL and Orlando Guardians for giving the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show access to cover the XFL. And I will be at the tomorrow's game. I'll talk more about that a little bit later in the broadcast, though. <laughs> Your enthusiasm overwhelms me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, another upset. <laughs> but I'll have a lot more to talk about that game and tomorrow later in the show. There's a lot to unpack there with with the Guardians. But, yeah, so you've got a lot going on tomorrow, and it's still the same time, 4 to 6? Same time. Yep, same time. Same, same number. number. That hasn't changed at all, 512-543-4662. Um, that is toll-free. You don't have to dial 485 for that. 485 for the first minute, $2 after that. I forget. No, 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 it's, no it's, it's toll-free. <laughs> yeah. 512 <laughs> 543 and tomorrow is a special show because it's the pre-birthday show. Yeah, that's right. So make, sure, 
Call in 512-543-4662. Again, it's 512-543-4662. Make sure you support Lou, the Enhanced Sports Show, with his birthday coming up and beyond, for sure. Right. And happy birthday to you, Lou, as well. That's and right. Happy birthday. It's on Sunday, so... Um, but this there is we go. Birthday. Yeah, there we go. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> there you go. Don't forget that. I'm on my birthday. So I got my go. tag, good positive response, though. There you go. <laughs> there you go, and, and definitely... Two weeks ago, we tied the all-time record for the most calls in the show. Whoa! So you're definitely moving up, man. Keep it up. The all-time record. I'm proud of you. That's congratulations there. Definitely, that that is fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Lou, thanks for uh, going. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. Keep it going, my friend. Keep it going. Keep growing. There, there you go. So, Lou, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks. Hopefully, you're welcome. You got it. Enjoy your birthday. Thanks. You're welcome. Enjoy we appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our good buddy Lou there. Thank him for joining us here tonight. And uh, obviously, uh, he, he's a little salty on this XFL stuff. Uh, so I, I always refer to him as Sweet Lou. I think he's a little bit more like Salty Lou now. So, um, but, uh, you know, he's got, he's got his opinion. We have our opinion as well. And, you know, one of us uh, will have to be right, and one of us will probably have to be wrong, and I think it's going to be him. So, um, oh, so you think it's going out? Yeah, I, here, here's my thing on the, the XFL. I, I'm still a little suspect of it. Obviously, it's still in its early infancy of the third time around, but the, the thing about the last two times, by the time we got to this point in the season in 2000, and, of course, mm-hmm. in 2020, the pandemic didn't help, um, but at that point, we, we, at this point in the year, in each of those previous two, two times around, we already kind of saw the writing on the wall. And I'm not aware of anything right now that, that indicates that it's not going to work. Um, I think that it's, it's, it's a patience game. Now, if, if ratings really drop and no one shows up to the games, that's probably a bad sign right there. But you just mentioned it before. St. Louis, which, by the way, St. Louis is one of the best sports cities in America. Now, they don't have an NFL franchise anymore. The Rams left uh, seven years ago or whatever it was, eight years ago, went back to L.A. So they're desperate for football in, uh, in St. Louis. But having been to St. Louis, it, it, as I mentioned before, it's a sports mecca, in my opinion. It's one of the best sports towns in America. So uh, their fans come out, and they definitely are supportive. And I think that's a model right there for the rest of the league. All these other teams now are going to say, look, we want what St. Louis has as far as the fan uh, fandom. Now, I will say this, too, and, Alan, I think this is probably something that can easily happen. Um, you know, these franchises, to my knowledge, are not married to these cities that they're in. So you could see a team easily pack up and move easier than the Colts went from Baltimore to Indianapolis or the Rams went from St. Louis to – or went from L.A. to St. Louis back to L.A. Um, it's a lot easier than that for these teams. So I wouldn't be shocked to see a team or two in the next couple of years that either – the team itself folds or possibly they just pick up and move and become a franchise somewhere else. So that is something that I think will happen, but I think this league is, is well on its way. In my opinion now, it's well on its way to being solidified. No, I agree with you. I agree with you in a lot of regards. I definitely do think, yes, this is a reason why folks, you need to go out and support your team because St. Louis will be the first one to tell you that, 
football and entertainment is a business and you have to go where people are going to support you to, to your point if you have a team you know whether you're in san antonio you're orlando and you don't support the team after so much time ownership is going to say you know what maybe we made a mistake by putting a team here let's move the team someplace else or let's close up shop and you can't blame them if you don't want to support them you understand hey you don't want to come to my business i can't survive i got to go someplace else and to your point i do think 110 percent the xfl this time around is going to make it i'm very confident saying that because you got great ownership yes you know with anything you're going to have some ratings go up and down that's even with the nfl you know when they had the controversy with the knee you know guys not want to stand the ratings went down the commissioner said okay guys you got to cut this out and the xfl is going to make those adjustments where they need to i definitely do think it is going to make it in fact i'll let the fans know and you know let let you know that we are in it we're going to support the xfl you know steve Spurrier's son is a coach and he even said it it's a great opportunity for players, coaches, I really enjoy the play. In fact, that was one of the questions I asked Danny Garcia that, hey, the NFL likes to usually kind of copy, not just the players, but, you know, it's a it's copycat league is what they say. I'm not saying anything new. I asked her that specific question. If the NFL were to copy one of your rules or some of your rules, would you be upset about that? She laughed and she goes, no, because – we have a great partnership with the ex, with the NFL. Some of the rules that we implement here are kind of like dynamic and first try, and the NFL is kind of curious to see how we do with them. To that point, she said there isn't going to be any rules swiping, but I don't know if that's going to be the case because the Eagles already have sent a petition to take that fourth and 15 rule that the XFL have, which is a really cool rule. If you guys actually pay attention to the rules that XFL has, a lot of the rules are actually very cool. So I'll give you a quick synopsis on the 4th and 15 play. Instead of you kicking an onside kick, you can elect to go and try to convert a 4 and 15 on your 25-yard line. If you, get, if you convert the 4th and 15, you continue with the ball. So the Eagles basically, instead of kicking an onside kick, they want another opportunity to score, uh, get a first down on a 4 and 15 and keep the ball they have already filed a petition for that rule so we will see if indeed the xfl does not if the nfl does not steal so many nfl rules what are your thoughts on that aaron well i mean the the old saying is imitation is the greatest form of flattery and i think that would be um right up i mean why not why why not if you see something that looks like it's a, a new endeavor in another league why not at least investigate it? So I, I can see that happening too. I think it'd be a great idea. Yeah, and that's and that's what she said. So you know, I, she said it's not going to happen. But about two days after we spoke, I found out the Eagles did exactly what I thought they were going to do. Not the Eagles specifically, but a team was going to see one of the rules because some of the rules are actually really cool. You can get a one point conversion, a two point conversion, or a three point conversion, which is really cool. And there is no kick, there is no PATs in the XFL. For those who don't know, it's either you get a one-point conversion, a two-point, or a three-point. There are no PATs. 
I'm not sure the NFL will take that particular rule, but they might, instead of you kicking a PAT, they might add that three-point conversion. There's a few rules in there that I think the NFL, to your point, might investigate and try to maybe swipe a rule or two. I, I really do think, you know, they might. And obviously the Eagles are trying to get one of the rules already, but I, I definitely do think the XFL this time around is going to make it because you have three heads are better than one. And I just think the personalities for those people are very different and dynamic and very good. I think these three people are going to do fantastic with the XFL. I do think it's going to make it. I am very confident saying that if you're a player for the XFL, and I'm going to talk a bit more about the game that I'm going to tomorrow to give you my prediction, but if you're a player in the XFL, whether your team is winning or losing, you should take the opportunity extremely serious because you don't know who's watching, and this might be your opportunity if you do want to get in the NFL to get back in the NFL. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? No, that's a good reason for this league to exist uh, is, you know, you've got guys that either didn't get drafted or maybe got cut, um, you know, from the NFL. Maybe they got injured and uh, as an NFL player or on the NFL practice squad, they got injured and they got cut and they're trying to find a way back in. So it's a great, it's a great in for players who are trying to extend their careers. I would make the same assessment about the USFL and of course, the arena league is supposed to be coming back a year from now as well. So I'd make the same assessment about those leagues, you know, as well. It gives guys an extra chance to get to that next level. Ultimately, I think most guys want to play in the NFL. I don't think there's really a whole big argument about that. I think we all would agree that's the case. But, you you know, if you're, you know, there's only, there's 32 teams and what is there, 53 men on a roster. So there's only so many players that can be on a roster at a time, plus you have the practice squad. This is another area for NFL teams to look and say, look, we needed a, a punter. We needed a kicker. We, we needed a quarterback. Look at, look at uh, Kurt Warner, one of the best quarterbacks in the history of the NFL. You know, two or three years before he ended up being the MVP, he was stocking shelves in the grocery store and playing uh, in, the, in the arena football league. So why can't the X, uh, XFL be the same type of outlet for players to extend their playing careers before they get into – whatever endeavor they have outside of the game altogether. No, I totally agree. And and that's why I think, yes, the Guardians are 0-5 right now, but I think if you're a player on the team, you shouldn't hold your head down and just kind of like take it. You have to understand you're still playing for something. Even if your team is not winning, you're still playing for an opportunity for somebody to see you and you get noticed. So after watching – the first five games, there are definitely enough players on this team, even for the Guardians, that can play in the NFL. You know, Cody Latimer, you have him. You have also Charleston Rambo is a great wide receiver. You also have Terrence Plummer, Terrence Smith. You have guys that not only can make it in the NFL, but you have guys that actually were in the NFL. Josh Gordon, who is going to be playing in tomorrow's game against the who plays on Seattle Sea Dragons, has been balling out for the Sea Dragons. He used to play in the NFL. So you got to take the opportunity seriously. Even if you're down, you can't hold your head down because your next play might be your opportunity. Someone's going to see you, and you might get noticed. That's absolutely correct, 100% right there. Yeah, so you gotta, you got you to gotta ball out. 
And since we are talking about the X-Pal, I might as well just t- tell you now about the status of the team. You know, I have a very good kind of like pulse on the team because we've been covering the XFL and the Orlando Guardians a lot. And I can kind of tell you the Guardians need to win this game. And how they should win the Seattle Sea Dragon game is, number one, I think the benefit of this team is to definitely, since you do really well on your first drive, is for you to kind of get out and get some points early. I feel as if if this team, the Orlando Guardians, fall behind by, let's say, double digits, 10 points or 14, I feel like you guys are going to hold your head down and not give the effort because you're going to think it's something bad going to happen or you're going to lose the game. I do think you need to start fast, get some points up on the board, and try not to come from behind. Try to keep the lead. I know it's easier said than done, but try to keep the lead. Even if it's three points, even if it's seven points, even if it's eight points, whatever it is, do not forfeit the lead and get off to a good start. I think that's going to be huge for you guys and your confidence, and I definitely do think that will be the winning formula for you to beat the Seattle Sea Dragons. I'm afraid the way this team has handled mental toughness, and I say this with all due respect, that if you get down by 10 to 14 points, I don't like your chances because I just don't like the body language that I see when you guys get down behind. And again, I have interviewed at least now about, what, 10, 15, 20 of the guys, and not to mention the coaches multiple times. You you guys got to get off to a very good start, hold that lead, and be aggressive on the offensive end. And another thing is, of course, without saying this, the Guardians, unfortunately, they said in the last game repetitively to nauseam that the Guardians are the most penalized team in the entire XFL. You have to cut out the pre-staff penalties. It is killing you guys. And I say that with all due respect, cut out the pre-staff penalties. Don't make any personal fouls. Play hard. Play fast and furious, but play smart. That's part of it. Smart, fast, and furious. You've got to play smart. Play, play disciplined football. And, yes, I do think tomorrow, the 25th of March, I can watch the first game that you guys win. And I'm praying you win because if you don't win, that's going to be not a good experience for me to have to interview you guys with the doom and gloom again. But I will do it, and we'll get through it whether you win or lose, but I'm hoping you guys win. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? Well, it's a good pep talk. Uh, maybe they should play that back uh, tomorrow prior to the game, and and uh, hopefully everything you know goes that way. Um, not as easy, um, not as easy done as said. I, I would say though, um, you know, mental mistakes, penalties, things like that. Those are things that add up, and that shows sometimes the 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 mentality of a team. To be quite honest with you, and a lot of times it just carries through the entire year. You evaluate it in the off season, you make some changes and you try to make changes for the next year so that you're not repeating those things over and over again. I would say if they can cut those penalties in half, though, they have a really good shot tomorrow. I totally agree. Yes. We, you know, I'm not expecting you go from eight to 10 penalties a game on average, let's say to zero, but like you mentioned, cut down half. If you watch some of the teams, like the Patriots team that have kind of been back and back and back to the playoffs, they usually are very disciplined on pre-snap penalties. Try to pay attention to that, pay attention to detail. I do think you have a very good shot of winning this team. 
The Seattle Sea Dragons are a very good team, but they're not the best team, you know, with all due respect, in this league. I think the D.C. Defenders and the Houston Roughnecks, who, in my opinion, are the two top teams. I think the Seattle Sea Dragons are just a tick below that. So here's an opportunity for you to get a game. Don't think past tomorrow. Think about just winning the game on Sunday, and that's it. Don't think about your record. Don't think about any of that for now. Just think about winning the game. And that's it. Concentrate. Play as a team. You know, that's that's when you guys are playing together as a team and you're communicating well, you actually are very good. We're yet to see a complete game until tomorrow. We're going to see a complete game. I'm hopeful you guys are going to win and beat the Seattle Sea Dragons. And I look forward to watching that game. I did want to tell my fans this and also the team, because we do have a lot of the players do follow the show. That, unfortunately, tomorrow, I wanted to give you a heads up. It's not that – no, people's mind, they go to negativity already. Unfortunately, tomorrow, since it is a 1 o'clock start, the game originally was scheduled for 145. They moved it up about three weeks ago to 1 o'clock. Having said that, I am an all-pro dad team captain, and believe it or not, Raymond James, I have to be at Raymond James tomorrow morning. And once with me and the kids, and I have to be at that all-pro dad event. So I'm going from one stadium to the next, from, from Raymond James all the way out to Orlando. So there will be a probability I will not make it to do the pre-game interviews. I will probably make it sometime in the first quarter, and I will be there for the rest of the night and beyond. But I won't make it to be doing on the field like I did last game, some of the pre-game interviews. I want to let you guys know that. It's not because you're 0-5. I know where people start, their heads start getting in the gutter. It's because this event is something I have to be at. I'm an all-pro dad team captain. I encourage dads to be at this event. It would not look good if I don't show up. And not only do I have to show up, I cannot cut out early. So don't even think about that. So I will be a little bit past the kickoff tomorrow. I am on my way from Tampa, Raymond James, to Orlando to make it to that game. There you go. There you go. You got your uh, your pass early there. So <laughs> yeah. So it has nothing to do with the 0 5 start whatsoever. I know that's where people already automatically, oh, he ain't showing up. You know, we're 0 5. No, it's not that. I had this event planned weeks ago, and the event is sold out. The All Pro Dad event that I'm going to tomorrow is sold out. It sold out about three weeks ago. Just like I told the dads, if you don't get your ticket early, it will sell out, and just like it did. It did sell out. It always sells out every year. So I will be there tomorrow, and then I'm going to head over. I imagine I'll pretty much be done around noon. You know how it is going from Raymond James all the way to Orlando with traffic. So just keep your fingers crossed for me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, I do know that uh, that trek, it is uh, certainly not a fun one, as I-4 is uh, – well, we won't even say that on the air here tonight. It's not a very fun road to drive on. So uh, moving right along, Alan, uh, we are on the doorstep of the Major League Baseball season beginning next week. Um, yep. Hardly spring training is almost over. I'll actually be at a game here on Monday down in, uh, in Northport. But um, next week will be our season preview show. We will have, that's basically what we'll talk about pretty much the entire show as, long, uh, as well as, of course, uh, the college basketball Final Four and Championships, which are coming up here. In, uh, in the next uh, week, 10 days. Um, but 
baseball is in full swing. Um, we talked a little bit about this before, the, the new rules. I know Lou, Lou is in the minority, apparently, on that. He says he likes the new rules. I'm not a big fan of most of them. Um, we've kind of beaten out like a dead horse already, so we, I don't think we really need to get back into that too much here tonight. But um, it's going to make it interesting to see how this season goes with some of these new things happening. Um, some guys are going to benefit more from the shift being banned. Some guys are going to maybe um, – not be as benefited by it. Uh, I think that'll be interesting to see how that goes. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's an exciting time of year. And I was about to say this before when Lou was on, you look at some of the events that are happening in the sports world over the next month. You've got uh, Major League Baseball opening day uh, coming up here in a week. NCAA Final Four and the championship is, uh, like I said, 10 days or so out. Um, we are, what, about three weeks away from the Masters? Um, you know, there's so much stuff going on, and then we're not terribly far away from the NFL draft, too. So we've got a lot of stuff that's uh, right on the doorstep. We've got a ton of stuff to talk about. This is one of the busiest times of the year for our program, so definitely glad to be um, in full swing as opposed to when we started the show three years ago when nothing was happening and we were kind of just sitting here making stuff up as we went, if you will. Um, now we're, we're able to have a, a lot to talk about and to the point where we almost can't even get it all in one episode, so... No, you're absolutely right. There is, you know, it's it's good to be busy, and that's what this show has been since since February, since the middle of February. It kind of took off with the NASCAR, and and now, like you mentioned, all those events coming up. It's a busy time, but it's a fun time. And to your point with the rules, are you last night? Even last night, I went to an event, and the event had Johnny David and Louis Alisea there, along with, you know, it did have even other baseball players there. You also had Phil Esposito, a hockey player legend, was there. I actually ran into him twice within a week, and, yes, he did recognize me. So that was really cool, you know. <laughs> he even yeah. said, he shook my hand and said, nice, nice to meet you again. It's been less than a week. Uh, you know, top golf, and then lo and behold, he was at this event last night. That's why you see on the Facebook page, I did, have, I did take a picture of, of him with someone else because I took a picture with him, you know, not even a week ago. We haven't changed that much in a week, you know, thankfully. But, <laughs> but to your point, Johnny David, as well as Lewis, I will say it, did talk about the rules. And they both talked about it for a good period of time. They both did say they, they weren't a, a fan of those rules. They just did, they didn't like it. They felt as if, you know, if you're invest to come and see a game, what's an extra 10, 15 minutes? Let's say total time, if it adds that to the game. He, so, Johnny, that's what Johnny said, and, and he didn't like that in the base thing. He really wasn't a big fan of the bigger base. And the time thing, he, he just said, hey, if you're going to invest in some see a baseball game, you know, really what, what's the advantage of that? And Johnny Davis is a cool guy. Let me just say this because I was at the – let me just <clears throat> give props to the Tampa baseball – Museum at Al Lopez House there in Ybor City. I want to go in here and give you guys major props for throwing this event a second year, and it was really, really cool. And to your list, and to the listening audience, and to you, Aaron, this was very impressive. They kept watching our fa our Facebook page and kept looking to see if we were going to commit to go this year. The lady there did tell me that. She said, I kept looking at your page. I kept looking at it to see if you was going to post it, that you were going to attend, because we were curious to see if you were going to show up. 
And I told her, I apologize. I did know that I was going to be at this event for over a month. I didn't post it up publicly just because we, we, you know, we get haters. Unfortunately, we get haters. I didn't want somebody to kind of ruin my mood by going to this event and knowing I was going to be there. So I did not put it up there. I apologize that I did not. But, yes, I, this is the second year that we were there. I, and definitely for them to, you know, have a huge interest in us coming back not only next year, but they also did mention later in the year they're going to have events they would love for the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show to be at. So we really appreciate that. That really stood out to me. They made sure that we got our contact information again. This has all happened last night. And what are your thoughts on that, Aaron? What a cool event to go to. And you're absolutely right. Johnny Damon is a pretty cool guy. Um, you know, obviously had a great career, uh, bounced around to several teams, but um, really became very popular in Boston, um, won a World Series. He's actually one of the only players, uh, one of the only players since way back in the, the 100 years ago, one of a handful of players to win a World Series with both Boston and the Yankees, uh, which is a rare thing because obviously Boston hadn't won one in almost 100 years, 86 years, and so they won in uh, 2004. So um, he won in 04 with, uh, with Boston, and, of course, he was with the Yankees in 09 when they won. Um, always been kind of, a, kind of that cool guy off the field. He's, he's kind of that um, has that free spirit, I guess, about him, if you will. So, um, but he, he's definitely got a good knowledge. This is a guy who had uh, 2,500 hits, I believe, in his career. He was a base stealer. Um, but he's old school when it comes to baseball. Um, and that I, that I appreciate because I think the game has changed. They've always said it's a young man's game. And, and it is. Uh, I think that's that's something that's definitely 100% true. But I think that we've we've seen these changes that have been uh, suggested and implemented by people who don't even really care about the game as it is, anyway. So I think that's the thing I'm having the biggest difficulty with is you're trying to make it more appealing to people who don't care in the first place. So why make these changes? That, that, that'd be my point that I would make. Yeah, he wasn't too big on it, and you know, hearing Johnny Damon speak. Yeah, he's a really cool guy, man. He signed for everybody. He took a bunch of pictures. You know, he even asked, <laughs> after taking like 20, 30, maybe 40 pictures with people, he wanted a sip of that bourbon. He even said, hey, can I get some of that bourbon? You know, <laughs> he said it like three times. And then I had escorted him to my good friend James, who runs that department, and he gave him, he gave him some bourbon. And, uh, but Johnny Damon, man, he was mad cool. You know, he's, he's a baseball player. You know, he signed for everybody, took pictures and it was a good turnout. It was, you know, it wasn't, you know, and he was, he was a star of the show and Louis Alcea props to him too, because guess this, guess what? Louis Alcea and Johnny Damon were the special guests and th there was other guests there too, but I guess they were the headliners. As they would say, Louis Alisea won the auction last night for the barrel of bourbon and a whole bunch of other drinks. You'll see it on the show, our show page. But he won the auction as a special guest. And, you know, I won't say how much it was, but it wasn't cheap. And not only did he win, he said, you know what, you guys can keep the, the wheelbarrow. I just want the, 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 the stuff that's in it, the drinks. And, <laughs> but that is really cool, man, that he won that. He, I, I mean, I was very impressed that he won that auction being a special guest at that event. 
where you would think somebody else would, you know, buy it to help out. And again, the money all goes to a special, a great cause. But he won yeah. that. He won the auction. What do you thought, thought, think about that? No, that's a really cool thing right there. Um, first of all, to be in a, at an event like that, and then for him to, to be the one who who comes away with it. And again, you know, like you said, it's going to a great cause. So ultimately, at the end of the day, probably some of the the optics may not matter, but it is still cool to see that and have been there. Yeah, and you know, he he won. He he won that, and. You know, I ran to Dexter Jackson, and definitely props to Dexter Jackson being real cool. We are looking to meet up with Dexter Jackson again and do do an interview. So it was a lot of legs that came from this event. And, again, I apologize to the Tampa Baseball Museum for not posting up. I felt bad when she said she had checked, kept checking our page. You know, it's like you're checking the stock market. You know, you keep checking, you checking to see if this thing is going to drop. And I know how that feeling is how you, you keep looking at something to see if somebody's going to update something, and they don't. So I apologize. I did not do that. I will make sure any event with the Tampa Baseball Museum, from here on in, Aaron, we're, I'm going to publicly let people know that I'm going to attend prior to the event. And I did want to say another thing about that event. I took a picture with Dave you know, Wills last year at that event, and – he was supposed to be the EMC of this of this year, and unfortunately, he passed away. They started the event giving a tribute to Dave Wills, so definitely check out that tribute. May he rest in peace. But he was supposed to be the EMC at this event this year, and unfortunately, due to an unexpected passing, he is he was not he was not the EMC, but he was the EMC at last year's event, and I was there, and that's the picture that I posted up on March 5th was at that event. So, you know, you want to show up to events because you just never know. And not only do you want to show up to events, you want to take pictures with as many people have fun because unfortunately no one is promised tomorrow. So may you rest in peace to Dave Wills. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's a very good point there. Uh, you never know uh, when your day is going to be up. So um, now obviously, you know, this show I'm going to say this right now. This show is probably the least content-filled show we're going to have for a while because we got so much going on with baseball starting soon, all the stuff I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, but I want to talk here a little bit tonight, kind of switch gears here a little bit. We talked a lot about baseball and, of course, uh, college basketball, which we're going to get a little bit more into that next week with uh, the Elite Eight, Final Four, and, of course, the championship coming up here. Last week, or actually two weeks ago, it appeared – and even up until a week ago, it appeared that Aaron Rodgers was headed to the Jets. Uh, it seems like now that is maybe not on hold permanently, but they've hit a, a road bump. And it seems like it's the Packers who are wanting a lot more than the Jets are willing to provide. So we're in limbo on this move. It seems uh, it seemed inevitable a week ago. In fact, you and I were talking about this with Jared when we were up there in, in Gainesville. That it looked like Rodgers was going to be introduced as a Jet here sometime this week. And here we are seven days later and it hasn't happened yet. So what are your thoughts on that saga and what will be the outcome of that? This is, as you mentioned, typical Aaron Rodgers things that should be a slam dunk turn into drama filled. It's almost like Brett Farr jr. You know, like you said, to your point, I thought this was a done deal. The timing in green Bay was up and he was going to move on to this new team. 
Now it seems like he's still making a decision. I mean, make, take this is what I suggest guys to do. Take a week or two weeks, maybe even three weeks if you have enough time to make it in three weeks. Take some time off and make a decision. Maybe get away, play golf, go hang out with your family. Do whatever you need to do to get a clear mind away from emotion and make a decision. Stick with that decision. I, I don't know what the holdup is. It is to, clear to me that it's time in Green Bay is over. The team wants to move on. And, and quite frankly, Aaron should want to move on. Why would you want to hold hostage a kid who's trying to get a start in the NFL and be selfish like that where, let's be real, your time with Green Bay is up. Like, the writing's on the wall. Let's well, give Jordan a chance. To, Go ahead. To be, clear, yeah, to be clear and to be fair, this is not Aaron Rodgers at all. This is the Packers and the Jets not being able to agree on compensation. So evidently, from everything that I've been reading over the last several days, Rodgers is committed to playing for the Jets. Um, and, unless for some reason they come out and say they don't want him, and I don't know why they would do that at this point, the Packers want a first-round pick. I believe the Jets have the – I want to say the 13th overall pick. I could be wrong on the number. They want that first-round pick. And the Jets are holding on, hoping that the Packers will cave and say, no, we're not going to – we'll accept the second-round pick. So this is really – Aaron Rodgers, the only reason that he has anything to do with this is because it's him who's being traded. Not his fault at all. Uh, this is the one rare time I'm going to defend him in terms of the drama that's out there. It's not his fault whatsoever. It's the fact that the two teams cannot agree on what is going to go over to Green Bay from the Jets' side. Yeah, so in that regard, I think if you're the Jets, you you ball out to get him. Meaning, if you need to you know, take a back seat to a draft pick, you need to win now. And that's the biggest thing. I think the Jets actually do have a very good team. They have a very good, solid defense. They struggle mightily in the offensive department to move the ball. But they have a very good running back. They're a team that, with a couple of breaks, I could see them getting very streaky and going very deep in the playoffs. I think their team that with a guy like Aaron Rodgers having that resurgence, pick up a couple of guys other than him, I do think the Jets could could turn this around and make a deep run in the playoffs. I really do. I think it's a great opportunity for the Jets. I think it's a great opportunity for the Packers, meaning, hey, you got Jordan Love. He showed promise. Let's Go ahead and put them out there. I mean, what are you going to – you're just going to waste another year? So I hope that things work itself out with the contract. And if you do need to take a little bit shorter end of the stick, I think you you make that change and you do it. What do you think the Jets' chances are if they get Aaron to go ahead and make a deep playoff run? Well, I'm going to compare them to what the Bucks were three years ago when they got Tom Brady. And let me let me use the Bucks actually twice. The Bucks won the Super Bowl in 2002. And in 2020, you go way back to 2002, um, it was the offseason between 2001 and 2002. Tampa had, had dismissed uh, Tony Dungy, and they had a coaching search that lasted for probably about three weeks, four weeks, somewhere in there. One of the guys, oddly enough, that I thought Tampa might hire way back then was Steve Spurrier. He ended up going to Washington. We all know how that worked out there. Um, as he told us last week, he went to the team that gave him the highest amount of money, so um, we'll let you guys figure out what you think about that. But uh, my, my point is this. The Bucks ended up trading two first-round picks and two second-round picks to the Raiders 
to bring in John Gruden, and that one that, that they they won the Super Bowl the first year he was there. Now, there's no guarantee you're going to win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. I think you have a better chance, but I can say this, and I don't think any general manager in the history of the game, past, current, or or future, would disagree with this statement. If you could guarantee yourself winning a Super Bowl by trading your first pick in the draft, I don't care if it's the number one overall pick or the last player picked in that first round, you would do it 100% of the time, right? So in my opinion, the Jets aren't going to find a better quarterback that has that kind of, it's a short time window. You you look at probably two to three years is probably what Rodgers has left, a good, good years left in him. So you're catching lightning in a bottle, but look, let's be frank here. The Jets haven't won a Super Bowl since 1969. That's a long time ago. That's before you and I were born. So uh, I think I think Lou was around back then, so he, he probably remembers some of this. But <laughs> um, it's been a while. They want they want another championship there in New York, and not the Giants. They want the Jets. So um, in my mind, I think you have to find a way to make this work. I think you're holding out, and I think you're playing with fire here if you end up letting him go, because someone else will come ring for 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 Rogers from the Packers. I I, I just I, at this point. The, I, I don't think it would have mattered if the Packers had made the playoffs this year. I think that the writing was on the wall that this was his last year there, whether he retired or whether they cut him or whether he decided, hey, I want to trade They've given him, and I think it's a win-win for, for him and for the Packers, they've given him the, the, the ability to say, hey, I want to get traded at some place. He already said two weeks ago, I want to play for the Jets. Let's make it work, guys. Um, you know, and I, I, I think – I think we got to see something happen in the next week to 10 days. If we don't, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. I don't know if another team's going to come calling. I don't know if the Dolphins may ring them up and say, hey, we want them. Or maybe um, maybe the 49ers jump in and, and maybe they do something. Who knows? But uh, um, I just I think something has to happen. Something has to give here very, very soon. No, I do. I definitely do think the longer this goes on, this is not going to be good for both sides. I just think <clears> – <throat> when contract negotiations go past the point of kind of like the heat wave, then you kind of get into the stall wave and then people just do what they're comfortable and just don't make a move at all. I I just think you're right. You got to make this move. If you're the jets to your point, you have maybe two max three years of great quality football from Aaron Rodgers. I think he's going to be pumped up when this deal is done. So you got a year or two left for you to make a, a serious run at winning a Super Bowl. I think the Jets do have a very good team. I do think I love their coach, too, and Robert Saylor. And I just think uh, they have a shot. I think you got to make this deal <clears throat> and, and see how it plays out, even if you do have to change yourself on a first-round pick, because I like first-round picks, but uh, to your point, it, it's not – it's not a shoe-in, meaning you can get a first-round pick and they can end up being a bust. That happens more often than not, believe it or not. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. Especially, Especially in New York. In, Especially in New York. Look, look at the Jets have done quarterback-wise in the first round in the last five years. Well, actually, let's go <clears> a little <throat> further than that. Let's go back to Mark Sanchez, uh, Mr. Buttfumble. Um, that was a bust. I think that's, it's fair to say that that was a bust. Um you know, Chad Pennington was actually a pretty decent quarterback there, I thought. Um, so he was probably the anomaly in this uh, that I'm about to say here. But Sam Darnold didn't work out. Uh, looks like Zach, uh, Zach Johnson, um, you know, looks yeah. like it's not going to work out for, for him either. And, I, you know, some of those guys, 
Sam Darnold is, is a strange thing to me because he was traded to the, the Panthers and then they went out and got a bunch of quarterbacks after him. I can see uh, Zach Johnson. I, I can see him going somewhere else and maybe competing for a starting job and being a pretty decent quarterback. Some guys just aren't cut out for New York. Well, Aaron Rodgers, I think, is a different story because he likes the limelight. You don't get any bitter, uh, bigger limelight in in uh, in the NFL than you do in New York City. I mean, you know, obviously, and especially when you think about the, the history of the Jets, they've had some really good teams. They've had some teams that, that you know, came up short. You go back about a dozen years ago, they were on the doorstep of going to the Super Bowl. It all kind of came unraveled. You go all the way back to 1969. Um, that was with, uh, you know, obviously, um, a, a, obviously a different, different generation, different team back then, but 52 years, 53 years, whatever it's been since they've won a Super Bowl, 54 years now at this point, that's a long time to go. I mean, you may as well not have ever won one at this point. Um, so they're, they're desperate for, for that guy who's going to lead them to the promised land up there and, um, up there in the Meadowlands. Absolutely. And you, you need a, a guy that could, handle the media, somebody who can make those plays. And I, I do think you need a more experienced quarterback. It is a tough – in the first-round pick category, it is a tough thing for you to be the first-round quarterback pick playing for the Jets. It's a lot of pressure, a lot of media attention. Most people who get drafted are not from New York. And dealing with New York media, it, it's a whole different ball game. To that point – you know, some you know people talk about covering the XFL. The reporters you have covering the XFL are actually very, very nice. Meaning they usually don't ask drama questions. Usually ask a lot of positive questions. It's completely a 180 in New York. Most of them are drama questions. Most of them are trap questions. Most of them are negative questions. <clears throat> There's not too much positivity, so you have to be prepared for that. And Aaron is the best, I think, very good for that scenario. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I want to correct myself there. It's Zach Wilson, not Zach Johnson. So uh, for those of you out there who are probably thinking, I don't know what I'm talking about. Zach Johnson, of course, is a golfer. And Zach Wilson is the uh, soon-to-be former starting quarterback for the New York Jets. Yeah, so definitely. <laughs> yeah, see, he's, but you know what? He thinks he has a shot of, of, of beating out Aaron if they get him. Yeah, he'll be he'll be gone. The Jets won't hold on to him. They're they're not going to pick up his contract. I I think they trade him. I think you get maybe a fifth round pick for him, something like that. You get an extra pick in the draft. Um, I think Zach Wilson could go somewhere else and be, you know, an understudy for a little bit. Um, I don't think you would trade him to a team within your division, so you can rule Miami out right away. Um, you certainly wouldn't trade him to Buffalo. But you think about somebody on the West Coast. You think about maybe him going out to Seattle. Maybe him going to maybe I know the Raiders have picked up uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, but you know there's no guarantee that Garoppolo is going to be there more than a, a full year. So maybe you give him an opportunity in a place like that, or you know I'll tell you one place that he'd be a good fit would be um, uh, Arizona because you you don't know that Kyler Murray is going to come back uh, for a couple things. You, for, you don't know he's going to come back from that injury and be 100 percent healthy, and you also don't know for sure that he's the long term quarterback there with a coaching change that just happened with. Some of the other things, they may decide to cut their losses, and somebody like Zach Wilson fits in really well there. So I think it would be an interesting thing to see what happens. There's a few other teams that he might be a good fit with. Uh, Washington's always looking for quarterbacks. We all already know the Jets, uh, or rather the uh, Panthers, rather, 
Uh, they like to collect quarterbacks as well. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be an interesting thing to see how things play out. It is. There's, there's a lot of guys that have needed contracts to look at a move that I'm curious to see. You know, Austin Eckler is looking for another deal. It doesn't seem like it's going good there. You have Jalen Ramsey. So that's the cool thing about this time with the NFL. I'll give the NFL credit on that. They keep it kind of suspenseful and they change things up where you kind of curious to see how guys fare out. Speaking of Garoppolo, how do you think that move is with Garoppolo going to the Raiders? <laughs> uh, everything I've read about that in the last week has not been anything football related. I won't even bring up what the, 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 the subject uh, matter has been on that. I, I think it's a good, a good move for him. I think, um, you know, him, obviously the 49ers decided to bail on him long-term two years ago when they drafted a quarterback in the first round. And it was amazing that he was still there. A year ago, I would have thought he would have been gone. Um, so the fact that he even was with the 49ers this year was pretty remarkable. I think he's a good fit there because obviously they moved on from Derek Carr. And the fact of the matter is this. Here, here's, here's what people maybe are missing here. You've got Garoppolo, former Panther – or sorry, former Patriot, I should say. Um, and then you've got uh, uh, Josh McDaniels, former Patriot offensive coordinator – so these guys have a history with each other, and I think that bringing them back together, um, you know, it seems like it might be a good match. Uh, I think in the long run, you know, the Raiders are the Raiders. They, they seem to always make good moves on paper, but they don't end up working out on the field. So this is going to be another one of those ones where we have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, you're right. It, it does seem like you have to wait and see what happens. You know, good for, you know, Jimmy. You know, he gets a chance to be – get a new team – he gets a chance to play with, you know, as you mentioned, Daniels again, McDaniels. And you know what? I think it's going to be a good opportunity for him. You know, I, I do think it, it was unfortunate what happened if the 49ers, they were so close to getting that Super Bowl and didn't get it. And it's like they've been on a down, downward spiral to get back to that same position they were in. They still had very good teams, but they didn't actually surpass where they were with Jimmy Garoppolo. And it's unfortunate because he, he did play all right in that game, not bad, but it just wasn't good enough to, to beat, a, you know, guys named Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you can't give a guy like him uh, extra opportunities, and that's exactly what the 49ers did uh, was, uh, three, three years ago now. Um, and, yeah, they, they haven't been able to get back on that same trajectory since. They were pretty close this year. Um, and yep. had it not been for some injuries uh, to all three or four of their quarterbacks, however many they had, might have been a different story. But um, but uh, as we get uh, towards the end of our show here tonight, uh, Alan, I'm reading through the notes here. We have a, another new song from our good buddy Sam Scola that we want to debut here tonight. Why don't you take it away? Yes, that's right. We want to thank our great buddy Sam Scola and his beautiful wife, Mary, for providing us another song. And they also – had to wait an additional week because of the special show we did with Steve Spurrier. You know, we didn't know how that how it was going to play itself out. And I told Sam, let's not debut it the week of going out there in Gainesville. It just I just felt like there was just too many moving pieces. So we we I told him to wait a week. Here we are a week later, and we're going to go ahead and debut. Sam Skolaskone at the end of the show. But before we do that, we're going to play Chef G's song written by Sam Skola. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce, so delicious and addicting. 
you may need a support group, please pick up a four-pack at flbbqsauce.com. Again, it's flbbqsauce.com. I do want to say one thing about Chef G. We tremendously appreciate you, Chef G. You are the man. And I apologize that we were not able, and we did say this on our Facebook page, we were not able to bring your bottles of your barbecue sauce at the live streaming. Unfortunately, as I mentioned, for those who don't know, Steve Spurrier, Coach Steve Spurrier, recently signed a deal with another barbecue sauce provider. For that reason, there was a conflict, and we were not able to bring the bottles in, but we were able to mention the show. I explained that to Chef D's. I know he he took it like a champ. I know he was disappointed, and we were too because we were looking forward to showcasing his bottles. But you know what? Chef G's is the man. We appreciate you, Chef G. And I'm going to play the Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce song by Sam Scola. Comes in for the variety, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. A natural flavor, Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. Florida gold honey mustard on burgers and ribs. Tasty fusion on pork and sausage. A classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and Cookout treat, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables, Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Yes, thank you again, Sam Scola, Steph D. Slaughter Barbados. So, yeah, so I wanted to get your thoughts on us not being able to showcase Chef D's. It happens. You're going to have those conflicts out there. Um, not anything really to make um, make too big of a deal out of, in my opinion. Um, you know, I think the, the fact is it was nice we were able to mention it on air and uh, yeah. mention it right there at the very beginning. Um you know, I thought it was a perfect setup last week. I think that the way we were sitting in there, um, you were to the, I guess on the screen, you were to the far left. I was in the middle and Coach Breer was on my left, or I guess technically on screen it was on my right. Uh, my left, of course, uh, as I'm facing the screen. So the neat thing is, is you had our um, our logo poster. I forget what you call that thing officially, but the, the, um, the poster there. Banner, I couldn't think of what to call it there. Thank you. Um, that was right behind Coach Spurrier, and I, I made this mention to you last week. People are watching that uh, who are, are subscribed to our YouTube channel or have our Facebook page liked. They are seeing that. They're not looking at you and I. So the fact that neither of us are, are you know, maybe the, the best-looking guys on TV that necessarily, you know, didn't matter. They're looking at Coach Spurrier, and they're looking at our banner in the background, and they're saying, hey, like I said, you know, last week, there's a lot of people who are walking through the restaurant that were, they had that look on their face like, 
who are these guys? And I like that because then they see our banner. They see our name of our show. They hop on Facebook. They hop on, um, you know, uh, hop on uh, uh, Instagram. They hop on whatever other social media we have. And they, hey, I want to see more about these guys. And we've gained some some followers uh, in that time. And, and I think that's really helped us out. And then in turn, you know, what we've been able to do for Spurrier's Gridiron Grill, as I mentioned at the top of the show, is, People who are listening right now who may be coming into Florida at some point later on in the year, or maybe they're heading out of Florida, they might have a chance to stop by and, and check out a really, really awesome environment and a great restaurant. Exactly. You know, Spurrier's Gridiron Grill is someplace you guys must go to. It is like a museum, great food in one. We had an amazing tour, and do the tour too. You know, with Freddie doing the tour, it, it was just so much so much to see, so much you learn, and it's just a great experience. As you mentioned, the the bathroom too, <laughs> you know, and with the plays on the wall, it, it that was really cool. And that was the challenge for people. I did take a lot more pictures, but I didn't want to spoil it for you guys and put all of the pictures up there. I wanted to hold back on that so that you get a chance to see some of the stuff yourself. That was actually a challenge why it took us a few days to kind of show, say, hey, I want you to see this, but I don't want you to see everything, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. You need to go to Gainesville, and you need to go to Spurrier's Gridiron Grill. You will not regret it. It was delicious food, and it was just great atmosphere, so much to see. You learned a lot about Coach Steve Spurrier. I did not know that he threw all those no-hitters, and he's hit six. Hole in one, so <laughs> and he hit he hit a hole in one at the Masters, as you mentioned, coming up on a, a par three, and I'm like, he was down playing it. It was just a par three. I hit a hole in it. I'm like, hey, I've been playing par threes. I haven't hit one yet. I've gotten close, but I haven't technically gotten a hole in one. And even if it's a part, if it's a hole in one, a par three, that's a hole in one. You know, it is what it is. That wouldn't that wouldn't I wouldn't take anything away from my game in that at all. That's really good. That's outstanding. Yeah, and those are honestly usually the only holes you're going to have a chance in 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 a real course or a, a regular course to get a hole in one on. I mean, even a par four, you're going to usually have two shots to to get onto the green or get in anywhere close to the green. So um, to downplay it like that, that shows he's a very humble individual, and definitely appreciate that about him. So um, great show again, Alan. Anything else to add here this evening? No, I will keep you guys up to date on the game tomorrow. So follow us on, a, on our Facebook page. I will definitely go ahead and keep you up to date on the Guardians. Definitely thank you, the Orlando Guardians, for everything you do. Thank you to the fans. Thank you to definitely our great followers. Uh, I definitely want to thank the Florida Sports Hall of Fame for everything they did for yesterday's event. Tampa Baseball Museum, as well as definitely Sam Scola, and definitely you, Aaron. I appreciate you and Coach Steve Spurrier, Freddie, and Jared. You guys are all awesome. Chef D's Barbecue Sauce, and all you fans, supporters, we really tremendously appreciate you. Having said that, we will be back at our regular scheduled time next Friday at 9.30 p.m. Please make sure you go ahead and Lock in our phone number, 516-418-5572. It is 
888-418-5572. We're going to end this show with a debut song written by our own Save Scola. And thank you, Mary, his wife, for having this great song to end the show. So the end of the show song by Sam Scola. You guys have a great weekend. Be safe, be well, and more importantly, take care of yourself. Till we meet again, have a great day. Yep, so long, everybody. Take care. Oh